Welcome to the Catfish Corner. We're back from the All-Star break talking Predators hockey. I'm Tommy Dees, and you are... Paul Scurbina still. Yes, of uh, Team Tennessee Gannett uh, here in Nashville. So um, there's been a lot happen off the ice and uh, starts with uh, Austin Watson. Yeah, it was, as everybody I'm sure already knows, was suspended for the second time this season. This has nothing to do with the first suspension, but this time is an indefinite suspension for a, what the league called an alcohol-related relapse or somewhere something along those lines, paraphrasing. But, um, yeah, basically Austin uh, a couple weeks ago came out with an Instagram post uh, detailing some of the his dealings with depression and alcoholism and anxiety and mental health and uh, come to find out yesterday that um he will no longer be with the team for an indefinite period of time for uh for having a a relapse um kind of hits home with a lot of people um myself included and uh you know it's it's going to be um you know first of all uh, joe rex wrote 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 a column yesterday um that i happen to agree with on a personal level is it's this isn't about hockey anymore this isn't about uh, Austin Watson, the hockey player. This is just about a human being who's, who has a, a disease that um, not a lot of people might understand. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I've said it like this. To, I've had some discussions with some people about it because, like I said, it hits home with me um, in a lot of ways. Is that you know, it's it's not um, it's not about whether I don't have any I don't have any sympathy for Austin Watson. I have empathy for Austin Watson and what his family's going through. Um, you know, the poor decisions that have been made on his part, um, he'll have to live with for the rest of his life. Um, but there are other people involved. There's, you know, there's a little, there's a baby involved. There's, you know, a wife who's come out publicly and said that she has the same struggles that he has. And, um, you know, whether or not Austin Watson ever plays for the Predators again, uh, I think is immaterial. Um, I hope, you know, f- from a, a human being standpoint, I hope that he he finds his way. Um, it won't be easy and it's not promising, but I hope that, you know, somehow he does. I mean, I've had some, some conversations I think I've shared in the past uh, that I've had conversations with, with Austin, um, since he's been back, uh, that are confidential, but I, I, I kind of understand, uh, things a little bit more than maybe some other people do in terms of, you know, what he's going through. But, um, you know, Hey, look, I root for human beings to, to, you know, be okay. And he's not okay right now. Hopefully he will be. I think he, he can be. Um, but from the other side of it, and this is, this is an issue I struggle with as a reporter is, um, you know, there, there are fans out there who look at it, look at how this impacts their team. And I totally understand that. And I am willing to engage in conversation about that, but it's always with the caveat that, you know, that's not what the most important thing is. And I see it from, from, from a perspective of somebody who cares about, okay, well, this guy's not going to be here now what are we going to do to replace him? I, I totally get that. But, you know, again, to me, on a, on a, on a human level, uh, it's immaterial to me. But I understand it's a topic of discussion. And we'll discuss that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to say up front that I, I hope the best for, for Austin and, and everyone involved in, in his family and all around him. And um, I know it is a difficult situation. I personally don't care if he is employed as a professional hockey player in the future or not. Um, I hope for him that he is because I know he loves hockey or he wouldn't have spent all these years doing it, but that's not what's important here. As you said, you know, um, whatever he's doing for a living, even if he's playing hockey a few years from now or a few months from now, he's not going to be playing hockey when he's 50. But if he doesn't address this problem and, and address it successfully, 
Um, he may not be here when he's 50, and that's the most important thing. And, you know, we have a, a, another columnist here who's an interesting person who I happen to sit by, um, Brad, Brad Schmidt, who wrote a column today um, about losing his job twice and, and having struggles with alcohol and, and drugs um, and kind of what it all meant to him and, and where he was seven, eight, nine years ago compared to where he is today. And so I, I encourage people, you know, I get that we, we talk about sports and, and sports are, are entertainment, but sports also involve human beings. And, and it to, I, I encourage everybody to just try to look at it from that perspective, at least allow allow yourself to look at it from that perspective, even if you don't agree with that perspective, um, because it's important because at the end of the day, everybody, you know, whatever we do, um, however much money we make or don't make or wherever we live or whatever kind of car we drive whatever kind of status we have or don't have, um, you know, at the end of the day, and it's cliche, but we're all human beings in this. And I always have looked at athletes I cover as human beings first. So that's why I can do my job and not get starstruck is I, these guys are human beings too. Right. So, um, you know, I, I just really, when stuff like this happens, I really always hope that, that somebody out there maybe gains a little bit of perspective. Right, and and when Austin had his problems earlier, um, the Predators stood by him probably more than a lot of teams would have, uh, and stepped up. and And I am I'm kind of you know segging here to now now the organization they may stand by him and all that, but they also have to make hockey decisions. And there's a hole in that team. They're not the team they were 48 hours ago. No, that's that's true. And and I mean, from from an on ice perspective, I mean, you're losing a guy who has been helpful on the penalty kill, who has been versatile, playing a lot of different, you know, and, and one of the more few physical players on this team. I that's, mean, that's a big, imposing physical guy. There's some smaller guys who are physical, but he was a guy that you looked at differently. And it's some something that has the set. And, and again, you know, it's a delicate topic to talk about a guy who has gone you know who, who, i shouldn't say i don't mean gone through who has had the experiences that he had and 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 um you know pled no contest to domestic violence against his girlfriend and then we're sitting here talking about him being a physical force and he fights and you know i, I get all i get all the references and the connotations and i i urge people to please keep them separate we're not suggesting that you know what, what we, we understand his history we're not trying to hide behind it or, or make excuses for it. We're, I'm strictly talking about, and I think Tommy, I know Tommy is too, on the ice we're talking he's a physical presence which a hockey team needs. And I think it just needs to be clarified because we're not, we don't look at this, we're, we're not sugarcoating anything or trying to, you know, make it shallow or, or anything like that. But if we're talking strictly on ice, the Predators lack the big physical players. We saw the we saw Winnipeg with the big physical fast team that, that has yeah, the capability of running over the Predators. And they he, need he's, guys. The, he's the guy who looks like they do. He and, and exactly, and he he so he offers that again strictly on ice skill that you know he he defends his teammates when 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 Victor Arvidsson gets hit or Forsberg gets hit and and, and Watson doesn't like it. Well, he's the guy who's going to go after the guy who did it. Every hockey team needs guys like that, right? Players like that. So, you know, from that standpoint, they're going to miss his physicality. They're going to miss him on the penalty kill. They're going to miss his versatility. Um, And with all the injuries that they had, he came back at the right time from his first suspension and was able to fill in on the top line and the second line and the third line. He can play all these different roles. Um, So replacing him, and again, what he did last year in the first round against Colorado in the playoffs, um, 
can't be ignored either. He was probably their best player in that in the first round of the playoffs last year. So there is a void that, from a hockey standpoint, uh, that David Poyle and the team are, are going to need to address now. I, I, this is my first year covering the team, but from you know looking at past history, David Poyle is not afraid to make a move at the trade deadline. Whether or not this happened or not, I think something probably would you know he's going to try to make this team better. Now the challenge becomes a little greater. Um, but on the flip side, of that they got so many guys coming back from injury or that are who are back from injury that I don't think this team is sorely lacking in any one area that one player is going to fix. I agree with that. It makes me wonder if they might need to make more than one move or a move that involves more than one player. Um, the, the question I have, and, and we might disagree on this, I will posit this, that it is – the positing. I like positing. Yeah, Michael Anastasi term. Um, I will posit this, that, that the cost of doing business has gone up in the last 48 hours for the Predators, that, that if Poyle was talking to Team A out there about trade – involving this player or that player, if he called me back today and I were their GM, I would say, and what else? Because the Predators are in a more desperate situation because I don't know of anybody that they can call up from Milwaukee who's going to fill that versatility and that physicality and do it at an NHL playoff level. Well, I don't know that... I, we've we've discussed if they had this. that. I think we've just seen it with all the injuries. Yeah, and I, and I don't know that ne- that necessarily that you you have somebody at the ready to come in and be Austin Watson. Otherwise, you probably already would be here. Um, and and even looking at <clears throat> the current roster, um, you know the way it's constructed, they don't beyond beyond Austin, uh, they don't really have a lot of those quote unquote physical guys, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Wayne Simmons comes to mind. He's a guy who, you know, Philadelphia, whose name has been thrown around. Um, He's every, the most shopped around guy in the league in every discussion. Well, him, that, and, him and Panarin now, with, with Panarin again reiterating to the Blue Jackets that he's not going to negotiate, which is something he said before the season began. He wouldn't. He was not going to renegotiate for an extension during the season. He his agent came out the other day and said again that that's not going to happen. The whole, everything's up. Everybody's up in a frenzy now. Everybody wants Panarin, and I, who I happen to. Uh, see play in Chicago, and Patrick Kane was very upset when Panarin left Chicago. Uh, he had the best year of his career playing next to him. Uh, he'd be a rental. I, I, look, the Predators, I, I keep going back to this, they don't have a lot to give up. I don't know what the expectation for the fan base is in terms of the trade deadline. Um, I, I hate speculating and, and throwing rumors out there because um, I just don't live in that world. But well, let me interrupt. To, let, to me, me, let, let me finish, though. Okay. To me, if, if they want to really go after somebody, and this is something David Poyle, I, judging from what he did last year to this year, which is not making very many moves to the roster, I don't think he's really keen on, on trading guys who are on the roster right now, on, on, the, on the NHL roster. He's traded draft picks. He's traded prospects. That well is kind of running a little bit dry. I don't know what they have to throw at Columbus for a Panarin or a Philly for a Wayne Simmons or, you know, some of these other names that have come up. I, I don't pretend to know that. Um, but, you know, if I knew that, maybe I'd be a general manager. Yeah, and I've, I've heard others express what you expressed, and, and I, I want you to clarify for me because I can't see it. Um, you say they don't have a lot to, that they can give up, a lot, lot to give up. Um, the whole team's not under a no trade clause. I think Pekka. Pekka's the only one. Pekka's the only guy untouchable on the roster to me anyway. Even if he didn't have that, if uh, you're, if I disagree. you're I, I'll now. disagree with you on that. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, but what if if you have one of the best rosters in the NHL 
and probably an, an abundance of, of defensemen who can play probably more than, than maybe some other. How can you be one of the best teams in the NHL and not have anybody that anybody wants? It's not, a, it's not a matter of not having anybody. That, I think there's a lot of players the Predators have that other teams would want. The Predators don't want to give up players. On, they've constructed this roster. So if you look from last year to this year, very few changes were made. I think they brought in uh, Ronaldo, maybe uh, maybe Irwin, maybe a couple of guys in, in, in Batetto who's and not Hartman here anymore. Hartman late last year, is that right? Well, Hartman, was, yeah, Hartman was late last year. That was, a, a, I think, a March move. Um mm-hmm. But I think they got him with the intention of keeping him. Mm-hmm. I think what they're looking at and what you're looking at now, if you want to make a move to improve your team and to make a run, um, you're, you have to look at the right now and you have to look at the future. Kevin Fiala is, is a name that's brought up all the time, right? He's a guy who has all this potential and, and for whatever reason, and some of them probably valid, the fan base, from what I've gathered, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, ha- has a lot of hatred for Kevin Fiala. Um, whether or not they, they think I want to write that story. Whether or not they think, you know what, it'd be easy to write. I mean, I've written it a few times. Um, and I don't know that Fiala's a guy to me that they don't not necessarily want to give up on yet. And that's what I'm talking about where they don't, I don't think Poyle, and I can't speak for him, my, my guess is he he's not real keen on moving guys like a Kevin. If you're going to get something, you have to give up something, right? Right. You can't say, oh, we're going to give you a guy who never plays or doesn't have any potential or who's 28 years old and has done nothing. You're going to have to give up a Kevin Fiala. To the, to the Predators, that's giving up something that they might for, for, for to get a guy for two or three months. Now, with no guarantees, obviously, that you're going to win. So I, don't, I think there's plenty. And, of, and there's, there's other guys you have to look at on that market who might be like Hartman who you think you can keep. Right, and I think, and they, I think that's where they should be looking. Right, and that's not Panarin. That's not Simmons. Those right. guys are going to command way too much money. Uh, the Predators have done a really good job of signing a bunch of guys to long-term contract, long-term team-friendly contracts. In other words, you know, and, and it'll happen again. Roman Yossi, I, I have no doubt, will stay in Nashville, and Roman Yossi could become a free agent and go get more money somewhere else. My guess is he's going to stay here. Uh, Forsberg, Ellis, on down the line. Pekka even signing a two-year extension. Pekka could have probably gone somewhere else and gotten paid for the last couple years of his career. So the way that this team is built and and the way that, you know, and I've talked to some guys about it who, you know, and I'm always weird. It's always weird to be talking to guys about contracts and about their money and what they, you know, I'm always uncomfortable. Some guys are willing to talk about it. Um, Hartman has been willing to talk about it. Ellis has been willing to talk. Hartman's going to cost them some money this offseason. You know, they're... There are there are guys Roman Yossi down the line is going to have to, is going to cost them some money. This is where general managers in their front office come in. They, they don't know if they have mathematicians behind the scenes or what they do to, to, to figure this all out. But in other words, to bring in Saber a guy, metrics. To, to bring in a guy, you know, to, to think that a to think that the Predators are going to go out and get Panarin is, I think, a pipe dream. And even if it did happen, they're never going to keep him. I mean, I just don't right, see how. Let, that's, me, let me ask you a, a guy like Hartman who. who was brought in with an eye to the future, who I don't think he's been terrible, but he's not been a big, big force for them. But he does have value in the league. Is he not tradable? I mean, he's he's tradable. He's, you have to remember, too, he his contract expires after this season, too. And I think he's a so restricted. He's a rental for somebody else. He would be a rental for somebody else. And I believe, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that he, I don't know if he's unrestricted or restricted, but if he's restricted, that pr- certainly plays in the Predators' favor. Um but I th- and I think he is restricted. So 
you know, you're talking about a rental, right? So restricted means that the predators have first rights to them to, to resign them. Uh, if they trade, if they trade them away, um, you know, then now they've, now they've lost him. They've given up whatever they've given up to the Blackhawks to get him, And now they have to replace him. And I think that, you know, looking strictly at numbers, yeah, you can say maybe he's been okay or a little above average. I think if you look beyond the numbers, um, and he's, and he's 20, 24, 25 years old. He's pretty young. Uh, also another guy who's pretty versatile. And speaking to the physicality part, after Austin Watson, with Watson being gone, Ryan Hartman is a guy who's not afraid to be physical. He's not afraid to – he might not have the size, but he, he's, he's, he's not, got the He's grip. not physically imposing, but he, he will get in there and mix it up, and he will take his lumps in front of the net. Uh, you know, I like his game. I'm just wondering – is he a superstar? No, but you know what? They have so many superstars. You, you, to get, the Predators have enough superstars to win. What, what they need is the support behind those guys, and that that's the, the depth that's going to win you. You know, it, it, it's like it's not like the NBA where you can have you know one or two superstars and then three, you know four guys you never heard of. I mean, the NHL you have to have that depth, and so and, and the Predators for the most part have that. But again, you're talking about okay, well, we're gonna you know the. the the complications with trading a guy like Hartman, who's got an expiring contract and is a restricted free agent, it'd be silly for the Predators to trade Ryan Hartman right now, because then they're giving up all their rights to him and everything else. And and you know, I think that he's somebody that they they look at. But again, I'll go back to Fiala. Fiala is a guy who's got great potential, who's shown flashes of brilliance, who other teams might be willing to say, you know what, give me him and a first round pick, and 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 you know, we'll give you a you know player X or Y or Z. Um, because he has that potential and he's not under a huge contract and he, you know, he, the teams think that they can always make players with potential shine, th- you know, and make that potential shine through. Um, will he be a superstar here? I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, but he's a useful player to them right now. Right. So, so we're looking at, at a little more than three weeks over which this, this will play out um, as we approach the late February um, trade deadline. Uh, let's do look back a little bit at, at all-star festivities and, and what was done on the ice. And then, you know, is PK really ready to take Jimmy Kimmel's spot? Uh, no, but <laughs> he didn't do bad. He didn't, he, he was entertaining, which is what he is. And, right. um, you know, I, I thought parts of the show were kind of corny, but you know, that I think that he, he's entertaining, he's engaging, He's got the right personality for it. Um, it amazes me that he's able to do all this. He did a thing. He did a special with Kevin Hart too that was just uh, aired. Um, and you know, there are going to be people out there going to say he needs to focus on hockey. And you know, these guys, believe me, we've said this a million times. And I'm not defending a bunch of guys who make a bunch of money. These guys work their asses off. I mean, they really do. They're not. It's not like PK is not trying. Or if he wasn't doing a TV show, he'd be a better hockey player or anything like that. I think he, you know. Especially during All Star Weekend when he's not an All Star, it's not like he's going to be back here practicing. He's entertaining, and you know what? He's being smart. He's a brand. He realizes that. And he's a terrible dresser, but don't tell him I said so. He's a he's he's engaging. He's you know he he gets it, and he's comfortable in his own skin, and he's you know he's comfortable in a lot of different elements. I'm entertained by it. I think it's great for the game. We've talked about that before, you know in the past where. Um, I think hockey needs more guys like PK with the personality, and and I I think the league probably sees that too. And hey, you know what? Go out and and and, and 
do you, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, and I, I will say this: I don't think there is anyone else in the National Hockey League who could have pulled off what he did in that role. No, and that's as engaging as you said. That's as, as charismatic, and and would be willing to step out on that stage. Yeah, well, you know, I, t- I, I had talked. I talked with the, one of the producers of the uh, of, of his reality show, or some a, a high ranking person at NBC. Who said the exact same thing? The reason that the reason that it works for PK is that he's willing to put he's willing to put himself out there, much the same way that he wants the puck on his stick in a big crucial time in a big game, and he's not afraid to fail, and he's and he's not afraid to to answer for it if he does, uh, not afraid to take the glory that comes with it, and not you know and not afraid to take criticism if that comes. And he's life. self-deprecating, which I really my sense yeah. my my sense of humor really appreciates that like. You know he's made fun of himself uh, numerous times, and he's not. He's look. He's on. He's an honest guy. Um, you know, I've asked him. He's know, also one of the guys who gets visibly upset when things don't go well on the ice. If you're ever in that locker room, he will let you know if he's upset with himself. And he he he, he will. He, he'll be the guy who said we let down Pekka. He cares, and you know you can't hide that. And so he and he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't want to hide that. So. You know, hey, I, I understand the criticism that, that that's going to inevitably come his way, but I've you know I've I've, I've asked him about that too, and, and he gets he gets that. But you know, his number one priority, believe it or not, is hockey. Um, and you know, if he can be an entertaining hockey player and, and somebody who, who's who's funny, you know, there's a little bit on um, with he did a, he got into a cold tub with Kevin Hart's in one cold tub and he's in the other, and they're just kind of having this, this conversation, which I'm sure a lot of it was scripted, but. You know, Kevin Hart's pretty funny, and PK's kind of riffing off of him, and they're talking about, you know, the <laughs> obviously PK's obviously black. There aren't a lot of black hockey players, and and you know, Kevin Hart's making his his jokes about, you know, well, why is the why is the puck black, and all these guys are swinging sticks at this black puck, and then you know, there shouldn't shouldn't the ice be black, and maybe the puck be white, or you know, he he's able to he's able to to be comfortable, uh, and he he offers a perspective that not a lot of people in the NHL have, and. You know he's he's entertaining with it, and he doesn't take himself too seriously. Which that's the the bottom line to me is that's the best part about it all. Is you know he's able to like you say when he's not when he's doing poorly on the ice, he'll be the first one to say it. When he's doing well, he'll be the first one to say it. Yep. He's, you know, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Yeah. What else did you see out of the the two Preds who were in the All Star game? It's so hard to, you know, it's... I, I know it's a skills show more than it's anything else. It's entertaining. Well, I tweeted out, so here, so during Uh-oh. the All-Star game, I, I I won't talk about that tweet. Um, okay. Don't check his Twitter timeline, people. Um, but another tweet that I, I, I joked around, that I think Roman had a goal and four assists or something like that in the first game, and him and Patrick Kane played really well together. So I made a, a, a tongue-in-cheek tweet about, oh, you know, the, the trade deadline's coming up. The, the, you know, the Predators should trade for Patrick Kane because, you know, him and Romanowski play so well together. And I, the, I just sat back and laughed at the replies. Like, you know, every <laughs> Predators fan, no way, no, no, no. All these memes, all these gifts, all the – and I'm thinking to myself it, – because it, it was a joke, obviously. You know, yeah, like that would happen. People are throwing Kane's contract numbers at me, and, you know, this will never work under the salary cap, and we don't want, we don't want Patrick – you know, it's like – there's also a lot of we don't want Patrick Kane in we Nashville. We don't want there was more of that we don't yeah. want Patrick Kane in Nashville and and if bring anything up, could help Fiala's ranking go up with the fans. 
Bring in Patrick Kane. Until he helped until them win he, a cup. Until he won, scored 10 goals in eight games. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it would be a different. Yeah, then, then he'd be a big celebrity around here. So that's what I thought was funny is that it's almost like you, it's almost like when you just, you, you, you light the fire and then you stand there and watch, and watch it burn. Yeah, some people just want to watch the world burn. And that was you during All Star Night. I, and I wasn't even intended. Because sometimes I get on, I, I don't get on Twitter often unless it's during a game that I'm covering. But I was, you know, we were home and, and the All-Star game was on and I, well, you know, I had nothing else to do. So I'm just, I'm a, these things go through my head. If you read my Twitter timeline when I'm not covering a game, you can kind of get an insight into my personality and it's kind of scary or I don't know what it is. <laughs> but um, it, it, it wasn't with that intention, but it didn't surprise, the, the reaction didn't surprise me. And I just thought it was just, you know hilarious because if you if if i'm going to be serious about it like right if if the predators could get patrick kane i would guess that 99 percent of the predators fan base would be ecstatic to be able to have a player like him so you know and again i realize he has past issues i've covered those issues too i get it but from a from a hockey player standpoint if 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 david poyle could get his could get could get patrick kane on his team and not mortgage the entire future in his job and guarantee that they're going to win a cup here i think all those people who were complaining would probably get pretty quiet absolutely and, and one other thing we didn't even talk about discussing this but i will throw it out there um kind of kind of a probably one of the bigger steps forward for women's hockey happened at all-star weekend i mean that that really spread like wildfire during the skills competition and uh i was impressed with the speed and, and again you know what i i have been around um I haven't been around a lot of female hockey players or watch a lot of women's hockey, but I, you know, I've watched some of the Olympics and I'm familiar with, you know, coming from Chicago with, with Cami Granado and, and some of the other uh, players from the Olympic team and watching them. Um, I mean, I'm not patronizing here. It's, it's, it wasn't surprised the, the, the speed and the skill is, is the skill is a little bit different. The speed is a little bit different, but I think that, you know, the, the, the physicality is what really separates all that, you know, and I, I, I don't want to get into, but yes, it was very impressive, male or female, that the timing, um, you know, her 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 speed and, and ability. But um, and I think she, I think she's going to be doing some sort of commentary on a on an NHL game, NHL broadcast Good. coming soon. Um, so yeah, you know, it was it was definitely cool to see. Uh, right, and stuff. it's good for the NHL to be willing to share that spotlight for the good of the game. Yeah, I think there was some controversy about who. There was something about prize money and who was paying her. I'm not really exactly sure how all that went, but um, at any rate, it was it was really cool to see. And I think a lot of the guy. I think if you watch the the, the organic reaction of the, a lot of the players, were like they were all about it. Yes, uh, they were all about you know that she was included and that and and she was Is able she to, available before trade deadline. Uh, I had to, you know I have to check. So. I'm not sure. So um, one one more topic before we uh, end this episode of the Catfish Corner. Um, you're home. The Predators are home for a period of time. Um, that's They're going to have a whole month where they're mostly at home, whereas in January they have been mostly not at home. And, and we're even going back to late half of December. And he says this 24 hours before I leave for Florida. But no, have a yeah, nice trip. The, um, I'm actually, it's my old, another old stomping ground going down. To, I lived in Miami for a little while. Um, but yeah, the, that explains the, your clothing choices, by the way. That's where I, I never really to, put that together. That's where I learned to to, to dress myself. But um, yeah, they're good. I think they have four or five road games in February. It'll be a nice 
uh, long stretch at them for them at home. And the, the most important stretch of the season, you know, as we all know now, it's kind of the old, whatever the old cliche, the stretch run of, of, you know, securing your, your yeah. playoff spot and, and 30 all that. games left as we speak, I think in the regular season, you are, you know how to do math too. You're yeah. really good. Not, not anything above addition, subtraction, not so much, but go ahead. Well, I think it's look, every game's important. Cliche, 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 but now's the time of the season where you're going to find out who the, you know, the real contenders are and who aren't contenders. And that's leading up to the trade deadline. Who's going to be this? Who are going to be the sellers and the buyers? I fully expect the Predators to be buyers. Um, I don't know if they're going to be shopping at Macy's or if they're going to be shopping at Walmart. But Kmart's closed. So. Yeah, and uh, so the you know this stretch of games in, in, in the next three weeks is going to be pivotal in terms of you know I, there's no doubt the Predators are going to make the playoffs. Where they end up and how far they can go will be a lot will be determined in the next three or four weeks. I think. Okay. Well, that's it for this edition of the Catfish Corner with uh, Tommy Dees and Paul Scarbino, and we'll be back with another one next week. At Jewelers Mutual, we're a little obsessed with jewelry. Obsessed like auctioneers with talking fast. 50, we're going to Pop stars with auto-tune. And dentists with asking questions so, how did he propose? after they've put their hands in your mouth. Great. Yes, we've made jewelry our obsession for over 100 years. We love it so much, we named our kids Ruby, Amber, and Opal. Venti soy latte for Opal? At Jewelers Mutual, we insure jewelry and only jewelry, which is why people who are also obsessed with jewelry trust us with theirs.